0: Hi, welcome to Colonial Williamsburg, past and present, on History.org. This is Behind the Scenes, where you meet the people who work here. That's my job. I'm Lloyd Dobbins, and mostly I ask questions. Eighteenth-century farmers, craftsmen, investors, and politicians were tempted by the prospect of sailing to the new world, there to begin a life uncluttered by mistakes and failures from the past. For no one was this fresh start more important than for the criminals who made the long journey to Virginia. I'm here today with Tom Hay, who is site supervisor in the Courthouse Capitol Jail Ensemble. Tom's here to talk with us about how many of those criminals ended up in
1: jail. Not necessarily, though. A lot of them uh, got out. Yes, that's kind of surprising because for many of our visitors who come to the jail... You look at it, and there are stout, tall brick walls and very, very thick iron bars Mm -hmm. in the windows and doors. And it looks like it would be nearly impossible to escape, but I think at times the place is more like a a sieve or a colander than a holding (laughs) facility. How many of them actually got out? We We know of 29 escapes. There may have been more, 20 of which were criminals, And then the remaining nine were POWs, one Frenchman during the French and Indian War. Some British soldiers are loyalists during the Revolution and uh, escaped slaves who you really can't consider criminals.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: Of the escapes,
0: you have a favorite.
1: Yes, I do. And I think it's the first one that we know about. It's a fellow by the name of Henry Davis. It comes from the summer of 1742. Now, he's tried up at the general court and found guilty, but he must have been a likable fellow because two other people who were also tried, uh, Thomas Pope and Thomas Hicks, decided that even though they had been acquitted and released, they were going to come back to the jail and break out Henry Davis. <laughs> and they they did that. Mm-hmm. It's a, and they, they also broke into a stable to get the getaway horses. They rode out some miles out of town to an unnamed woman who's only remarked in the newspaper as being a, a woman of ill fame. <laughs> and that part, they showed a lot of competence. But shortly thereafter, the whole thing fell apart. And during the following hue and cry, which is when you get a posse comatose out to get the escaped prisoners, uh, the two helpers, uh, Pope and Hicks were recaptured, and then the very next day, Davis turns himself in after a successful escape. And, well, he was under sentence of death. And so the the death sentence was shortly thereafter actually carried out. And the hangman, we don't know a whole lot about him, but he either mistied the knot or, or the, the rope broke. And so when Davis was turned off the cart, instead of of hanging in the air, he fell down and hit the ground. And he turned around to the hangman and he said that you are not fit to be a valet de chambre to the devil. (laughs) And then he, he either refixed the noose or retied the knot himself, put it around his own neck, stepped off the cart himself. And the paper said that he distinctly snapped his fingers three times and then expired. They had great self-control toward the end.
0: Yeah, but you wonder at his intelligence level for turning himself back in to face the death penalty.
1: You would think that if he was that aware that he should have been able to get away, but who knows what his what his mental... Uh, perspective was after all. It it looks like the escape idea wasn't his, but his two friends. And of course, jailbreaking is a felony. So even though those two were originally acquitted of the felonies that put them there, uh, I'm sure that they were found guilty of. So in their second visit,
0: they they got to go this time for sure. Yes. And now the, and there, is there any record that they broke out or tried to break out or. We're
1: ever actually in? Well, that's the fascinating thing about this, because during the American Civil War, we lost the records of the general court. Oh, okay. And so these stories mainly appear to us out of the Virginia Gazette. And because they are such good stories, that's why the, the various editors of the subsequent Virginia Gazettes saw fit to print them and tell us about them. Like uh, John Sparks, who made his escape in the 1760s, by at the end of the day when the jailer uh, apparently was opening up and checking on everyone in the cells, he hit the jailer with a quart bottle. We don't know what was in the quart bottle or if there was anything still in the quart bottle. And having knocked out the jailer made his escape. So that scene that you've seen in so many different grade B cowboy movies over the decades actually has a basis in fact. Yeah. <laughs> so- Who else got up? Well, there was a Frenchman, uh, Peter LaForce, and this, of course, would be during the French and Indian War. Mm-hmm. And he was a prisoner kept in the jail. And we're told, and this story is from the Maryland Gazette, the Virginia Gazette may have been a little bit of embarrassed about this, but he somehow managed to make, obviously, a, a man-sized hole in the prison wall. And since <laughs> it's a brick wall, we're not quite sure, you know, that must have taken him some time. But then again, if you're a prisoner of war, I guess you have a lot of time. And he escaped from the jail here in Williamsburg, and on foot got all the way out to King and Queen County, let's say, and that's at least a day's journey, if not two, before he was, was recaptured. And the only thing that we're told is that he was resecured in such a manner as to make any further attempts at escaping impossible, probably shackled.
0: Uh, that sounds like shackled, but, you know, digging your way out, is still being done in modern time. I mean, it's
1: we also know of the first mass escape we know about was in 1768 of four prisoners who managed to obtain iron bars, presumably that would be out of the windows or the doors, and they again knocked out the person who was coming to check in on them, and then were were pursued. One of them got the paper said got peppered in the legs with small shot. And then then they were recaptured. So an awful lot of them, the majority of them, tend to get recaptured. But some of them don't.
0: Uh, and, of course, if they don't get recaptured, we have no way of knowing what happened to them or where they wound
1: up. They... That's absolutely true. I mean, in the first place, if you're a successful criminal, you never end up in the record book. Yeah, number one. Or if you're a, a successful escapee. We don't know anything about you now. The largest break we know about was during the American Revolution. Mm-hmm. Now that was in 1779, toward the end of the year, and eight prisoners escaped. They appear to be mainly loyalist and British POWs. Uh, and it is it is at that time that the only female escapee that we know of actually broke out of the jail. A woman who gloried in the interesting name of Letitia Fitzgerald. <laughs> Uh, and was noted to be a British subject and a large woman of bold countenance, and she got out with all eight. And as far as we know, they never got recaptured. Well, if
0: the loyalists certainly would have had local friends, if they were local people, it would be—I would—I would think it would be more difficult to capture those than it would be to capture a thief that nobody liked to begin with.
1: I think you might be right, although we don't know that these were local loyalists because it could have been from anywhere in Virginia. But there was such a case. Now, strictly, this isn't an escape from the jail, except perhaps through cronyism. Uh, there's the case of John Chiswell, Colonel John Chiswell, a, a member of the uh, Virginia aristocracy. And he ended up getting in a in a fight in, a, in one of the, the central counties, with a uh, with an Englishman, let's say, who he insulted by calling him a, a vile Scotch fellow, and sent his servant out of the tavern room with instruction to return with his sword. And the servant brought back his sword, and then he stabbed this other fellow by the name of Routledge across the table while friends of Routledge were holding Routledge back from the fight. Uh, that obviously struck most people as a murder, and we know that Colonel Chiswell had even second degree because they were having an argument at the time, I suppose. But Colonel Chiswell obviously had friends because when it came time for him to go through his preliminary investigation at the local court out there, the King's attorney, Deputy King's attorney, found found reason to be out of town. (laughs) So they appointed someone. Colonel Chiswell was bound over for trial here in Williamsburg. And when he comes to Williamsburg, four leading members of the general court bench, that is, high court justices, intercepted the county deputy sheriff, bringing him into town, and they took control. Now, the the deputy sheriff was supposed to turn him over to the jailer. But instead, these four leading gentlemen of the colony intercepted, and they, on their own hook, decide to bail out Colonel Chiswell till his trial. And he was bailed. And then it was reported some weeks later that at his home, and that was his home here in Williamsburg, he had died of nervous fits and was generally thought to have been a suicide. And and then it turns out that there was such a high degree of suspicion about that that during the action when the coffin was being transported for the funeral it was actually interrupted by a mob who demanded that the coffin be opened so they could satisfy themselves that Colonel Chiswell was actually in the coffin and dead, which he was.
0: Uh, You know, that's one of those things that proves what you've always suspected was true, that station does have a certain benefit to it.
1: I can't think of a time in history where money and influence doesn't help. Yeah. You know, another good story also comes from the Revolution. Uh, In 1778, a deserter by the name of John Bates here in Williamsburg uh, was sentenced by a court-martial, not the general court, and he was sentenced to be shot for desertion and encouraging other soldiers to desert. Not only did he manage to escape from the jail, but he escaped from the jail in fetters, In irons. And we don't know how he did that. And maybe. (laughs) Little short steps. (laughs) A lot of little short steps. And as far as we know, uh, he was not recaptured, uh, but he was regarded as a notorious villain. And they offered a $100 reward and all reasonable expenses.
0: That's a lot of money in those days.
1: Yes, it was. Maybe luckily for uh, Private Bates. Uh, that was right during the beginning of Virginia's hyperinflation toward the end of the revolution. So very shortly thereafter, $100 wasn't worth very much.
0: Which probably explains why he was never turned in. Perhaps so. That's Colonial Williamsburg, past and present this time. Let us know what you think about the show. Submit your feedback at www.history.org slash podcasts. Jackhistory.org often we'll post more for you to download and hear.